Hello there. Welcome to this episode of Force Ghost Conversations. This is your host, Anthony King, and this week I'm going to discuss the fifth episode in the Light and Magic documentary series titled Morphing. Before we get started, I'm inviting you to join the conversation with us. We can be found on Twitter at Forest Ghost Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok just by searching Forest Ghost Conversations. We look forward to connecting with you on those platforms. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your listening site of choice. Finally, please be sure to check out our Tee Public store to buy some Forest Ghost Conversations merchandise. And without further ado, it's time to gather around the campfire for some Force Ghost Conversations. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Force Ghost Conversations. And I don't know about you, but I'm super thrilled to get back into completing our looks at the Light and Magic documentary series. Now, if you haven't watched or listened to our other podcasts or even watched the documentary series, then what are you doing? It's really spectacular and fantastic across the board there in both podcast and documentary form. So go sure to go, be sure to go check out all of our previous episodes of 1, 2, 3, and 4 thus far of Light and Magic. And of course, we ran into Andor season that was on the heels of the wonderful documentary that is Light and Magic. And it's just so good that I figured we just can't let all those episodes go to waste. We need to talk about them each individually. They all deserve the time, space, and effort by which to fully break down the themes and ideas and the concepts that are being discussed in each and every one of those episodes. Now, I think I will fully admit, I think by about episode two or three, four, definitely by four, I've lost all sense of like what is going on in this series in terms of like the science behind it all. But definitely with episode five, we uh, we've lost me. It's a lot more computer graphics generated CGI, all that. The special and visual effects of it all are not necessarily putting potatoes onto a TV screen and then recording it far away to make it look like asteroids. This is a lot more in depth with needing multiple PhDs in computer science and computer graphics and all that stuff. So this is definitely where I start to lose the sense of like what is going on here. However. I have a keen ability, I think, to to enjoy the content that these people are producing. So I think that uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to just look through this wonderful episode. And especially as we get to episode six, which I think may be one of the best episodes of the series overall, which we will have uh, our wonderful Mrs. Force Ghost Conversations back on for episode six. So get ready for that. And. Let me just say, too, this is a special treat episode here. This is one that we're releasing midweek here. We usually release our episodes on Sunday, and that's where our Andor uh, episode breakdowns are. So this Sunday, episode 10 of Andor will be our episode of note. But just wanted to make sure that we got through all of Light and Magic before Willow even started. And we also have Tales of the Jedi to discuss. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff coming down the pipeline 
And I'm sure you're all absolutely thrilled and ready for it just as much as I am. But just to make sure that we don't get too far behind on this other stuff here, I wanted to make sure that we gave it its time and place. That's why you get an extra episode of Force Ghost Conversations this week. I hope you are all enjoying that uh, as well. So let me just say too, spoiler alert for anything Enlightened Magic Episode 5. Beyond this point, if you haven't seen it, pause the episode now. Go watch the episode and then come back. Be ready to discuss it. You have been forewarned, so just be aware of that. Also, since this is a midweek episode release, no Cloud City gossip today. We'll be covering all the news that has come out over the Star Wars and Lucasfilm Galaxy in our Sunday episode. With that, I think we have all of the, the ground rules set. We're... We're ready to go for our episode here, and let's just get into all of Light and Magic Episode 5. Morphing! It starts with the amazing effects from Terminator 2, T2, Judgment Day, with Robert Patrick. And I would say, personally, this is my opinion, so you can all have different different takes on this, but I think T2 is the most timeless film of all time. Now, what do I mean by that? It's a film that was created, it comes out in 1991. And to me, the effects of that film, visual effects, the writing, all that stuff, it, 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 it feels like that film could be released today and there's nothing dated about it. But also the effects of it are so good that they look like, I will honestly say, better than some of the things that I've seen recently that have come out with, with all the information we have over the last 30 plus years behind it. So that's just incredible work by the team putting that together and crafting this story that is both influenced by the visual effects of the time, the, the, the properties of writing, and also creating a darn fantastic sequel, if you ask me. Now, ILM was certainly such a fantastic fertile ground for trying out new things, and this was the way of the future, and they were basically writing the book. There weren't really too many other special effects houses doing the type of stuff that they were doing there. So when you see James Cameron being so fully behind it with films like The Abyss and Willow, of course, that we're going to discuss in this episode, all, all, all hands on deck here, ILM is doing fantastic work, and it'll eventually lead to their magnum opus, which is Jurassic Park. Now, I love how the episode starts with none other than our favorite sorcerer, Willow. And the transformation of the sorceress is fantastic. They spend a good amount of time of this beginning episode talking about that sequence. And I'm so glad that they pushed the bounds of cinema with the digital effects here. Good on Dennis Murin and the ILM team, frankly, for trying computer graphics in that scene. Now, they, of course, they, they mentioned that there are several other approaches that they could have done in order to make that end result. But they tried something new. They made it work, and it looks spectacular. Even to this day, I still think that is one of the most mind-boggling effects that they were able to pull off in Willow, a film that came out in 1987. And we'll certainly be discussing that in our Willow coverage later on in uh, November. Now, by this point, ladies and gentlemen, like I mentioned before, all the tech is just way over my head at this point. I'm just thrilled to see all of this wonder come to life. I am truly reaping the benefits as the consumer of this, of this material. Now, at this point, you probably will just hear me say like, wow, or that's cool, because I literally can't compress it in my brain any other way other than that. Now, I'm glad to see a, a, a person like Gene, Gene Bolta uh, introduced in this episode. 
Her story about breaking out of Kansas City is truly inspiring. I know Dan Zare from Coffee with Kenobi got to interview her a few weeks back. So go check out that episode. It was a really well done interview by Dan on Coffee with Kenobi. Great stuff there. And um, it, that whole Kansas City story was like, it's like, you know, Luke Skywalker looking at the twin sons for all of us. It's just good stuff all overall. And she helped put together that incredible Willow sequence. So, so we honestly have her to thank for that. I mean, that's just tip of the iceberg of where we were going eventually, but you have to start somewhere. And that's, that's just a great way to, to get the ground and ball rolling with that. Now, they, they put together this term morphing because of that sequence, right? It's, it's the, the idea of morphing. I, I actually can't really put together a, a concrete definition for you that really makes sense to me. So we're just going to roll with the term morphing. So honestly, in the terms of in a, the words of Ron Howard, the director of Willow, as they were showcasing him the sequence, right, he just says, quote unquote, I don't need to know. Just, just do it. It looks great. Fantastic. is within budget. Perfect. And the how is not as important anymore. It is the what, right? This is a, really a threshold moment in visual effects and in cinema. So now that this is done, it's like, what can we do next? It, it's a before. It's a, it's, there's a before and an after at this point. It's, it's, it's no longer of a can we do it? It's a should we do it? Or, or what can we do with this? These are better questions now that we have to ask here. But you can tell the model shop is really starting to clash with the computer graphics division. You could really see that division in a way across the episode. You had new characters introduced overall. You got Steve, Spaz, Williams, and Mark uh, and Mark Dippe come into the scene with this triumphant Beethoven music score. I mean, these guys look like literal rock stars. And they then were able to bond over Alice Cooper, like a, a great heavy metal musician and a wonderful concert that I was able to see almost 10 years ago now. Jeez. But these were guys with two unlikely friends that would eventually literally change the world. Now, they were basically like the antithesis to the stereotype of the geeky nerd. Like I mentioned, they were rock stars. They were in this like dungeon doing all this cool stuff, making these computer graphics, putting these things to life. And they got these like massive PhD degrees and and knew how to do art compository and stuff like that. And it just I'm impressed by the level of what due diligence and the workforce that they have. They also knew how to party. I mean, they, they were talking about those legendary stints that they were throwing down there in that dungeon because it was a soundproof space and they could get away with literally just about anything. They were making images with computers that did not require the physical reality. I mean, what? Could you just imagine being on the threshold of that moment in time and seeing it literally play out in front of your eyes? That would just be absolutely mind boggling. Now, worlds are really colliding here with both John Knoll and Jim Cameron being on set of the abyss there. Can you imagine how crazy this is all when you think about it, ladies and gentlemen? They're really on the cutting edge, especially with the work that was done on the abyss, the great, I believe, 1987 film as well. Using Photoshop to create reflecting and refracting images. I mean, that is also incredible. I've got I got like we're at this point again where I, I'm beyond what I know of all this stuff. I just know that Photoshop is a great user-friendly tool that people use nowadays that I frankly have no idea how it works. And I've also never used it, to be honest, either. So here we are. Now, Dennis Murin taking a sabbatical to learn more about computer graphics. Now, that takes an amazing person to to, to, to do that. Right? He's, he's literally doing a paradigm shift. He's realizing that the world is changing around him and he needs to be uh, able to to adapt with it. So it just makes sense that ILM is like they take 
they have a certain work culture there, clearly across the board here. And I tell you what, it, it takes a really amazing person to, to work there. You got to be very smart, witty on the, on, uh, on your feet with all these types of new waves of thinking and not being afraid to try and to fail, but also doing your absolute uh, best at the same time. Now, I think it's, it's, it's sad, but you can really start to see the writing on the wall for the model shop. Now, even then, I think they saw it, but nowadays, they don't really have model shops anymore. It's, it's more of a niche technique done by auteurs or people in film school, right? It's not necessarily the grand thing that it once was in, in time. And unfortunately, that was the byproduct of what happens when the computer industry just takes over, morphs over everything. The model shop, a foundation of ILM, was becoming less important to the overall future of the company. Now, we also got introduced to the wonderful Ellen Poon in this episode, and I love her story about seeing Star Wars for the first time. You could tell that she was filled with such wonder and magic. And it's amazing how I still can't comprehend computer graphics and coding from even the 1980s, folks. Even that basic computer graphics and, and coding techniques that I was taught in my previous job really don't even apply to what they were even doing in the 80s. That's how rudimentary the work that I was even doing was. Oh, well, it wasn't the career for me. And I just reap the rewards of the wonderful content that they put out. And I get to talk about it and geek out about it with each and every one of you here on Forest Ghost Conversations. We also got to see Doug Chang, the legendary Doug Chang. And it's like a second renaissance or rebirth of ILM in the late 80s, early 90s here. And these are some major players that we're going to see literally all the way up to what Lucasfilm is doing today. Doug Chang is still there. He is a part of the company and he's a very, very pivotal part of everything that they're doing here. And his spirit of ingenuity, or I would say just not his, but like the spirit overall of ILM, of their ingenuity and culture that existed in the mid-70s, I think restarts to resurface again. They got some new blood in there. They're having this, like, I'm doing, I'm, I'm willing to try everything. They want to stay there. They want to work longer hours. Of course, they didn't have to, but they they, they wanted to be a part of this bullpen that, that they were knew they were on the cutting edge of what was going on there, and they just wanted to be a part of it and put their stamp on history. Can't, can't really argue with anyone that wants to do that. And I also need to have a talk with whoever bullied Doug Chang, don't do that, folks. It's not cool with anybody, but particularly Doug Chang. What a, what a saint. What a saint to this world, I'll tell you. Now, poor Robert Patrick, the, the, the T-1000, I believe, from T-2, the, ba the bad guy, come on, is stuck in these black stripes that they showcase, and, or paint, if you will, in order to get this data for uh, how to do this computer graphics work. And it's pre-motion capture, right? Nowadays, they would just put dots on your face or put you in a in a suit that, like, pajamas suit in order to capture your movements and all that stuff. But this guy was put through the ringer of, like, this early tech and how to make that possible. So kudos to him for really sticking it out every step of the way. I mean, it takes a real a real trooper to to, to be on that. So I hope, uh, hope he was compensated fairly for all that. And... They have this great quote here from Doug Chang that was said within the episode. And it says, quote, you are limited by technology, but you try to find ways to overcome that, end quote. And really, that just gets back at that, that not to say that sequence, but that ideology of culture that I was talking about before, right? 
they knew that they had they weren't able to do what they wanted to do yet entirely but they were making strides along the way and and putting the right people in place who believe that this could be done and that the work is is possible and they made that dream a reality overall now it seems to me like t2 is a great collaboration between both practical and computer generated effects we're going to talk a little bit here about that that you know, those incredible sequences here, but like that moving of the jail cell bars where the T-1000 Robert Patrick goes right through the jail, um, the bars there in the jail, just absolutely a phenomenal, phenomenal effect. The coding of it all is incredible too. Like that was just, I, I couldn't even fathom how they put it together, but just that little detail that shows to the audience, like how this was put together is where the physical gun can't go through the bars as a reminder that this sequence is just magical. Right. It's 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 taking the 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 hard graphics of what the computer can do at the same time versus what our brains are able to comprehend at that point. Just absolutely magical. And with this, folks, they had the foundations by which to really stretch the bounds even further for what they were doing at ILM. They knew the magnum opus was just around the corner. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Jurassic Park. Now, they see this wonderful line to conclude the episode and says quote if you believe in something there's nothing worse than not trying end quote and that's basically what they did with jurassic park right they knew that they could potentially do cgi dinosaurs that look realistic and lifelike i knew they they had the plans in place to do stop motion for the dinosaurs they were literally just about to start shooting phil tippett had had all this work done in advance in order and these tests to to do these lifelike dinosaur sequences but they knew that there was a chance that they could pull off something fantastic extraordinary something that would literally change cinema as we know it and that absolutely is jurassic park and that would literally be the springboard for what we would i mean all films today basically have cgi to some element and that would be how we are able to have the prequel films, the special editions of Star Wars. Every MCU film wouldn't be possible without that. It's incredible that we're on uh, literally on the threshold of, of, of greatness. And these films that were showcased in this episode here, also the people put in the place too, right? Ellen Poon, uh, Doug Chang, Spaz Williams, Mark Dippe, uh, all these people are the foundation of what, of how this will all come together for Jurassic Park and the films beyond. And that's a great way to conclude this episode of Light and Magic. And we've got one to go, ladies and gentlemen. One episode left of this incredible documentary series. I hope you've had a chance to watch it at home. And I hope that you have also caught up with episode six, because we're going to get to that one sooner than later here on Force Ghost Conversations. Just want to remind you all at home again that... We're available all on the social media platforms. If you want to continue the conversation with us, we'd love to, to connect with you and chat about all things Star Wars, Lucasfilm, and just the film industry overall. It'd be really cool to have some of those discussions too. We found on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Check us out on all those platforms. We'd love to chat with you and continue to grow the seats around the proverbial campfire that is Forrest's Conversations. If you're liking this show, leave us a subscribe, a rate, a review. Tell your friends about us. We'd love to continue to keep growing the proverbial seats around this campfire again. 
And if you feel so inclined, be sure to check out our T Public store. We've got our Force Ghost Conversations logo on that website. And we also have our Willow inspired logo on that platform as well. If you want to check that out, as we got Willow content coming just around the corner. And I got to tell you, folks, I've seen all the trailers thus far, I've seen the posters for Willow. I think this could really be the, the high fantasy sleeper hit of this era. I know we've got House of the Dragon out. I know we've got Rings of Power out. So high fantasy is certainly in demand, but I, I, I think that people are sleeping on Willow. And I think that's going to be a mistake that that will come to come back to to cost or haunt people if they if they aren't uh, on board with it from the start. So uh, we're definitely going to be on board from the start with Willow. And I can't wait for November 30th. That is just around the corner. And, you know, we're also going to be touching on all the Willow stuff as we get closer to the series day. We're going to watch the movie, of course, and do a discussion on that one. We'll do a lead up of what we think about the character of Willow of good overall as we lead into that incredible series on november 30th so november is going to be quite a wild month here at force ghost conversations it's going to be full of thanksgiving it's our one year anniversary at the end of the month it's an exciting time to be in this avenue specter sphere if you will and i cannot wait to get into all of it with you all so with that everybody we'll be back on sunday with another episode of andor break being broken down and I cannot wait to share that all with you very soon. So in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this special presentation of Force Ghost Conversations, a special one-off episode. We'll be back very soon with our other episode of Andor, plus our episode six, Breakdown of Light and Magic, to conclude this series. So with that, everybody, hope you have a wonderful remainder of your week. May the Force be with you.